0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Two Footed Podcast is brought to you by eplindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geo-blocked from, while keeping your data safe. So as an example, if you are a UK expat and want access to BBC iPlayer to watch Match of the Day or ITV Hub or all four, but you get that message that says this content is not available in your location, a Liberty Shield VPN gets you around that block, allows you to watch whatever you want on those services while also keeping your data safe. And it goes further than that. It allows you to open up Netflix's entire library by just changing your IP address. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot with five star ratings across the board. So go to libertyshield.com right now. Use the code EPL25 and get either the hardware package or the software package. The hardware package is a router that you plug into your existing router. And any item you want to change the IP address on, be it your phone or your television, you connect that to the new Liberty Shield router. All other items can remain connected to your existing router. There's also a software package, which is instantly downloadable to your device, and you can get using straight away. Again, libertyshield.com, EPL25 for 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homework company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk and do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 for 10% off at checkout. And lastly, do remember to check out a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. That podcast is on this feed before every Premier League match week. And then the EPL Roundtable, hosted by Kevin DeVries, on its own EPL Roundtable feed. So just search EPL Roundtable in your podcast device. And that's out after every match week. Now, on with the show. Good Boys and Girls Two-Footed Podcast on Wednesday, the 22nd of February. And you join me on a day in which I'm very pissed off. Real Madrid 5, Liverpool 2 at Anfield. But I can't be arsed talking about it because I've done it already on the Daily Red. You can listen to that. You can listen to post-match Raw last night on Anfield Index. I just can't be arsed with it. A pathetic spineless di- display by a pathetic spineless team. Um, in the other game, though, Eintracht Frankfurt nil Napoli 2. Napoli missed a penalty. Uh, Kovicca missing a penalty before they went 1-0 up through Victor Osman, who is just ridiculously good. He's unstoppable at the moment. And uh, Chucky Lozano... Crosses, Osam taps home. Napoli off to the races. On fifty-eight minutes, Eintracht are down to ten men. I thought the red card was a little bit harsh. Randall, Muani and Zambo and, and Gisa go for the ball. Muani catches them on top of the foot. I I thought it was harsh. He got hurt himself, and. Uh, had to wait till he'd received treatment to to leave the pitch. Um I thought it was harsh. I thought it was harsh. It, it, maybe it was a stamp, I don't know. I, I thought it was harsh. Uh within seven minutes Napoli are two up. Covice creates the goal for DiLorenzo and that's that's all she wrote. Napoli very comfortable breezing through To the end of the game and they'll be strong favourites to go through joining Real Madrid who pretty much confirmed their place in the next round last night. Uh, Tonight we have two games RB Leipzig at home to Manchester City. City will be without De Bruyne and without Rodri. No sorry not Rodri. Without De Bruyne and without Amaric Laporte. um, Which likely means that Pep will do something bizarre in defence. Leipzig potentially could spring a surprise because City are a little bit wobbly of late and Leipzig have some really good attacking players. You'd fancy City to win, though. You look through the groups and City looked fairly comfortable coming through their group. Now, they had a, a couple of little scares, but nothing that was really going to stop them from progressing. They were drawn in a group with Dortmund, Sevilla, and Copenhagen, which was a very favourable draw, as it turned out. Now, on paper, it looked like it might be a little bit difficult, but then Sevilla had a disastrous start to the season. Dortmund struggled for the first couple of months of the season to find anything resembling consistency. And then you had... Copenhagen who were never really going to pose a threat to city. Um they started off with a 4-0 win in Seville. Then they beat Dortmund at home but got a little bit of a scare in that one. Dortmund went one up. City had to come back with two late goals to get the win. They hammered Copenhagen. Then a draw, excuse me, a draw in Copenhagen and a draw in Dortmund. Those were a little little bit surprising. But then a comfortable win at home over Sevilla, sent them through with five points to spare. Uh, as for Leipzig, they had a bit of a weird group stage. So they were in Real Madrid, Shakhtar and Celtic. They got absolutely destroyed by Shakhtar in the opening game. And then Real bet them. And it looked like they might be toast. But they beat Celtic. Then they beat Celtic again. Then they beat Real, which was a big shock. And then they went and hammered Donetsk. Now, the game was played in Warsaw, but they hammered them 4-0 and stormed through. And since Marco Rose took over, they have looked much better than they did in the early months of the season. So maybe they can put up a bit of a battle for City tonight. The other game is Inter at home to Porto. This one should be interesting. I think this is the more interesting game of the night. Uh Porto topped Group B ahead of Club Bruges, Bayer Leverkusen and Atletico Madrid. They lost to Atleti in the first game. Then they got hammered by Bruges, 4-0 at home. Then they beat Leverkusen twice. They got a great win away to Bruges, 4-0. And then they beat Atleti at home. And they went through top of the group. Really good recovery after a bad start. And they will take on Inter Milan, who were in Group C, finished second behind Bayern, knocking out Barcelona and Victoria Plissian. They lost to Bayern to start start their group stage, beat Victoria away, then beat Barcelona at home, then got a draw away to Barca. Then hammered Pleasant at home, and then lost again to Byron, but you don't mind losing to Byron because that's just what's expected. I think this is the more interesting game of the of the evening. Now, if we look at their respective domestic form going into this one, Inter have been quite hit and miss in Syria, but they are on a pretty good run. Now, they've started the season badly. They had four defeats in the first eight games. They've only lost twice since. Now, they've dropped some bad points. Draw with Sampdoria, bad result. Defeat at home to Empoli, bad result. Draw with Monza, bad result. But they beat Atalanta. They beat Napoli. They beat Milan. They tend to win the bigger games this season and lose to the lesser teams. So that's that's at least how it's been after that initial start. In that initial start, they lost to Lazio, Milan, Udinese, and Roma, who are all decent teams. But since they went on this improved run, where two defeats, two draws, and 11 wins in the last 15, the four games they've dropped points in have been games in which Sorry, three of the four games have been games in which they'd have been expected to to win. Uh, They did also lose to Juventus, which was fair enough. They'll take on Porto. Porto are having a decent season again domestically, but they're five points off the top, five points behind Benfica. They are on a decent unbeaten run. They haven't lost since the 21st of October. Uh, They've played 11 league games since. That defeat was to Benfica. They recently beat Sporting in what was a big game. And they'll just be hoping that they can keep the gap with Benfica small enough that if they beat them on the 10th of April, they're in a position to potentially nick the title from them. They've been good defensively this season. They're pretty decent in attack. There's a lot of good players in the squad. They spent quite a bit of money in the summer, bringing in Gabriel Verón, David Carmo, and the Canadian Oostakwe, uh, U- something like that, I don't know. But they sold Fabio Vieira and Vitinha. By the way, neither of them have done particularly well, and I had people telling me this was the next Xavi and Iniesta. Turned out it wasn't. Uh, I think this is the better game of the night, I think this is the one to keep an eye on. Like I said, City look a little bit wobbly at the moment. And Leipzig have been improved without question under Marco Rose. But it's just a matter of if they turn up. Because recently, like, they started the season really badly. Drew with Stuttgart, drew with Cologne, lost to Berlin, Union Berlin. Beat Wolfsburg, got hammered by Eintracht, beat Dortmund, got hammered by Gladbach. And then they went on this really long, well, not really long, unbeaten run. It was twelve games. Twelve it to be fair, twelve games is a good run. Unbeaten. Then they lose to Union again. They hammered Wolfsburg at the weekend. The scoring goals at a decent rate. And that's the one thing that might cause City some trouble is that they do have a lot of firepower within Kunku, with Timo Werner, with Forsberg, with Szabadszai, with Danny uh, Danny Almo. They do have a multitude of players that can hurt City. So we'll just have to see how it pans out. If they if they just are brave and go for City, it could be really interesting. It could be very very interesting. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Marco Rose was manager of Dortmund last season. And Dortmund, didn't they play City in the Champions League? Was that last season or was that the year before? No, it must have been the year before. Yeah, he wasn't the manager that year. It was it was Edin Terzic. So I am mistaken. It was not Marco Rose who went up against City and, and should have should have beaten City. They should have knocked City out in those quarterfinals. City got some bizarre refereeing decisions that went in their favour. It's irrelevant, though. I'm going to say City get a draw away tonight. I think Inter will win because they're at home, but I think Porto might win the tie. Anyway, that's tonight. Right, um... It's a Wednesday on which not a whole lot is happening. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to take a look at the Premier League table and look at three three players in each Premier League team that they could look to upgrade on this summer, just because I'm bored. So let's start with Arsenal. I think the obvious first candidate is Granit Xhaka. I think he's quite an easy upgrade. So we'll go with him. I think Ramsdale. I don't think he's a a Premier League winning caliber goalkeeper. So I'd go with him. And I would probably, even though I think he's been their best centre-back this year, I would probably say Gabriel on the basis that he can be a little bit rash. And I do wonder if maybe just next to Saliba, you need more of a calm head who can talk Saliba through games a little bit. Even if it's somebody who's a similar type of age to Saliba, a year or two old or whatever. Gabrielle has been really good this season, though. I mean, Ben White would be the other one, but I think they can. I think they can upgrade on him within their own squad. I'll go Gabriel, but it's it's harsh on him. It is harsh on him. Man City, uh they can absolutely upgrade on Ederson. I, I think he's hugely overrated. Great with his feet. Average as a shot stopper. Error prone. Kyle Walker would be next. I think that's a, an upgrade that's been badly needed. Now it might be Rico Lewis, but I don't think he's quite ready and Riyad Mahrez, that right-sided role in the attack is one they need to upgrade. So they're the three we'll go with there. Manchester United. De Gea is playing well again, but for Ten Hag to play his style, I think De Gea is one you have to upgrade on because with De Gea, you can't play a high line. And Ten Hag wants to, so I would say De Gea is one. De Lowe is probably the next one. Now he's having having a good season, without question. But I do think he's he's easily upgradable. And the third one I would go for is Anthony. I just think don't think is is anywhere near good enough. Now, again, maybe there's an internal upgrade there with Garnacho or Sancho finds form. But, yeah, Anthony would be the third one. Although, uh, to be fair, let's be honest, it has to be Weghorst, doesn't it? <laughs> it has to be Weghorst. So we'll we leave Anthony... No, you know what? We're going to leave Low in the team and we're going to upgrade goalkeeper, right wing and up front. But the the right wing upgrade can be internal. It absolutely can be internal. It could be Sancho. It could be Garnacho. But yeah, Anthony's not it. Uh, Tottenham, goalkeeper, without question. Hugo Lloris is not good. Not good. Uh, Rights, sorry, central centre back. Eric Dyer, not good. Get him gone. And left sided centre back. Ben Davies is all right. Lengley is not very good. They're your three positions. Upgrade them and Spurs are easily a top four team moving forward because they've got a really good front three with a bit of decent depth. They've got strong options in midfield. I know they're not the most exciting options. You don't need them to be. And now with Poro and Destiny arriving in the summer as the left wing back, that's going to be really exciting. You've got Romero. Fix the rest of that defense. Spend all your money in the defense, and I I think Spurs could be potentially even title challengers next season. Newcastle, um, centre back, the Fabian Shar position. Not that he's been bad this season, far from it, he's been really good, but he's the obvious one to upgrade next to Botman. Find some pace to go into that defense. I think Dan Byrne would be next, I think he'd be the next one to upgrade. And a holding midfielder to allow Bruno Gomeric to play more as an eight and play more advanced. Yeah, so I think think right-side centre-back, left-back and holding midfield. Uh, Fulham. The obvious starting point is right-back. It's been a mess for them this season. So that's one to look at. Uh, Left-side centre-back. Tim Ream has had a good season, without doubt, but I'm not going to bank on him to do it again next season. So that will be the second. And I would say left wing. William's having a very good season. But at his age, I think that's the position you look to, to upgrade. So right back, left centre back, and left wing for Fulham. Brighton and Hove Albion. Right back. It's quite clear Lamptey's not going to be the player that he looked like he would be before the hamstring injuries. It's also quite clear that De doesn't fully trust him. So right back is one. Now, for me, I would look at goalkeeper because I just don't think Robert Sanchez is good. But I don't think they'll do that. Um, I'm basing this on none of the players leaving any of these clubs, by the way. So in this scenario, I'm just picturing it with Caicedo for next season. I think Brighton need to upgrade their right back, their right winger. Sonny March is having a great season, but again, I'd be looking to upgrade on him. And the number 10 role, which has been Grouse, it's been Lalana. it's been a couple of others this year. I think it's a, an easy enough position to upgrade on. They might have some internal upgrade options like Kasper Kozlowski, uh, maybe in CISO. So it might be an internal upgrade, but yeah, that's that's one I definitely look at. Right wing could be Lamptey. maybe Lampy as a right winger is the move. So you upgrade right back, and then he moves to there full time, and that's just what he is. Him and Matoma could be a lot of fun as wide options. Um, yeah, that's what we go with. Right back, right wing, number ten, Liverpool. Oh God. Um, right side midfield holding midfield and left back yeah left back more so than even the left side midfield role because if you told me I just had Thiago and Besetich there next season I'd kind of be okay with that but I think a new left back is needed Andy Robertson hasn't been The same in in a while, like a a good while, over a year. Last season, he was very up and down. This season, he's been quite poor. Henderson, Fabinho and Robertson are the three I'd upgrade, without question. The first two are obvious, but I think the third one would be Robertson. Uh, Brentford. Central centre-back, I think, is a position they can definitely upgrade on. And left-side centre-back is another. <clears throat> and I think I think right-back, because Hickey has done okay. He's a left-back. He's not a right-back. Roars-Lev, he's improved, but he's just not. He's not there. So central centre-back, left-side centre-back, and right-back, right-wing-back. If they're playing a back four... probably look to upgrade one of the eights, either side, doesn't really matter which. Jensen and Janelt are about the same level of player, so if you're going to upgrade, just upgrade on one of them. I think I think Nor um, Norgard's slightly better than either of them, so I would keep him in the four three three. 3 3 Yeah. Right back, left side centre back, and one of the midfielders in a four three three. 3 3 in the 3-5-2, two of the centre-backs and the right wing-back. Uh, Chelsea, goalkeeper. So I think they have a defence in James, Fafana, Badia Ashile and Cookarella that I would like to see developed together. But the goalkeeper needs to be upgraded on. That defence, Enzo Upgrade the player next to Enzo. Because I love Kovacic, but he can't stay fit. And I want more of a ball winner in there. So get a ball winner next to him. Next to Enzo. And then the third one is the number nine. Because they just don't have enough goals in the team. Aston Villa. Um... First player to obviously upgrade is Tyron Mings, who's dreadful. So left side centre-back. They've been playing a 4-4-2. So I would look to upgrade the other player up front with Ollie, Ollie Watkins. So Watkins plus one. And then... Left back. Because I think in midfield, if I go Ramsey... And Buendia as the wide midfielders who form a box for who who become number 10s when I have the ball. And then Kamara and Douglas Luis. I'm not massively, not massively keen on that, but I think left back is a bigger issue. So left side, center back, left back, and up front. They're the three for Villa. Uh, Palace, goalkeeper, right back. Goalkeeper, right back, number nine. Edward hasn't just hasn't performed consistently enough. Mateta is is inconsistent himself. So maybe a number nine. Yeah, maybe a number nine. But right back and goalkeeper, the two really obvious ones there. Nottingham Forest. right side centre-back because when Nia Kata is back, he's the left side centre-back, so you need to upgrade the right side centre-back. Um, I'd be keeping Ren and Lodi if I was them as the left-back. I would look for a new right-back as well. Nico Williams hasn't really worked out. He's fine as a squad player. Aurier, I, I just know. Um... Left wing? If Brennan Johnson's right wing and Gibbs-White is the 10, left wing is then a position I want to upgrade on. Especially if I've got the likes of Mangala, Freuler, Yates and Danilo to rotate in midfield, I don't need another midfielder. I've got Gibbs-White and Scarpa plus Lingard can play there. Got Johnson. I'm okay with the striker options. I think they're fine. Left wing. Right back, right centre back, left wing. Leicester, goalkeeper. Danny Ward's the worst goalkeeper in the league. Um, They bought a new left back. They bought a new centre-back in Harry Souther. I'm not keen, but we'll give him time. I think Ndidi might be broken, so I'd look at him. And then right wing, and it might be that they keep Tete, but yeah, right wing, holding midfield, and goalkeeper. Uh, For Wolves, I like Jose Sa a lot more than I did before they bought him. Um, I love Aitnuri. I like Kilman. I love Collins. I'd look at a right back. I'd definitely look at a right back. I, I don't think Semedo has been consistently good enough. And if I'm not mistaken, he's had a contract this summer. So I'd probably be letting him walk and looking for a new right back. Um, Neto on one wing. Sasa Kalas. Kalisic and Cunha as a front two. Get me a right winger. So right back, right winger. Nunes and Neves in the middle is fine. So I've got to upgrade somewhere else. It's not going to be on Collins. It's not going to be on Kilman. It's not Nate It's not Neto. I think that front two could really click. She said, it has to be the goalkeeper then. Yeah, it has to be the goalkeeper. So, right back, right wing and the goalkeeper. And I like Sal, that's a shame, but yeah, it is what it is. Everton, everywhere, absolutely everywhere. But to focus it down, Patterson's okay. He, he'll he become a good player. Michael Enko's pretty good. It's dice, so let's work on four four two. Michaelenko and McNeil down the right, that's fine. Patterson Patterson and Iwobi is is going to be the type of thing he'll like. Pickford Tarkowski. Give me one centre back to go with Tarkovsky. Patterson Tarkovsky, new centre back, Michaelenko. That's ideal. Iwobi, Onana, new controlling midfielder. It could be James Garner, but for the purpose of this, new controlling midfielder and McNeil. McNeil would be an upgradable position as well. But I need a second striker to go with Calvert-Lewin. So striker, centre-back, central midfield. That's what I need for Everton. Bournemouth. Right back, undoubtedly the biggest need. Two centre-backs think they could be quite good and the left-back could be quite good. Give me one in central midfield. Right-back, one in central midfield. The wide options are fine. Solanke's good. hammer Troyer is good. Right-back, central midfield, and a goalkeeper. Right-back, central midfield, and goalkeeper for Bournemouth. For West Ham... Fabianski would be obvious, but they've got Ariola, who's better than him. They still need a left back because I'm not sold on Emerson, Palmieri, and Cresswell's well past his best. I would also say buy a right back. So that'd be the second one. I like the centre-back options. I think they're I think they strong there. Agard needs to stay fit. not his fault, obviously, but Agard needs to stay fit for them to, to get themselves out of the mess, I think. He's really good, but he's only played like six seven Premier League games this season, something like that. So give me both fullbacks and give me an upgrade on Suchek and I'm good to go. So Sufal, Suchek and Cresswell, they're the ones I want to upgrade on. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Leeds, goalkeeper, without doubt, got to upgrade on the goalkeeper. Christensen should be the right back. I like streak at left back and they've got fair post, So I'm fine with the left back options. I would ideally like one in central and central defense. I know they brought in Wobur, but given Robin cock is always hurt. Now this season, he's been fairly robust, but looking at years past, he's been always hurt. I'd look at a center back goalkeeper center back and a number nine, because I'm done waiting for Bamford to get fit and back to form. So goalkeeper, centre-back and number nine. Everything else I think they've got. Centre midfield, really strong. The three behind the striker, immensely good options. Loads of talent. Happy with the left-backs. Happy with Christians in right-back. Happy with Wobber and and Cock uh, to share one position in defence. That's fine. But give me another centre-back next to them. Southampton. Hampton. I like the goalkeeper. I like Livermento. Left back is fine. I really like Bella Um I've seen too many mistakes from Salisu this season. So Salisu is the first to be upgraded on. Give me one centre back. In midfield I like Alcaraz, I love Lavia, I like Diallo Give me one central midfielder One central midfielder I like the wing options Give me a striker Striker, central midfielder and a left-sided centre-back They're the three for them Yeah I think that's fair. I don't think I've been overly harsh on anybody. Like Certain teams don't need to upgrade on three, but I think most clubs do need at least three starters coming in this summer, which speaks to, as I've said before, I think there's an immense amount of talent in the league, but there's no great teams. There's nothing even resembling a great team for me. Not this year. We'll take a break. When we come back, we've got a little bit of news. We've got the gossip and we're out. It's a short one today. See you soon. Right. Welcome back. So, it is February and that means that Neymar is, of course, injured and has ankle ligament damage Every February, without fail, he gets hurt. Every single year, he gets hurt around this time. Uh, What a waste of money. What a waste of a career. What a waste of talent. Just no commitment to the game. No commitment to the game at all. All about money, all about the easiest life possible. Now, that's fair enough. Fella grew up in poverty. So, if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. But if I'm PSG and I pay 200 million for him and he has played in all competitions 30, 28, 27, 31, 28, 29. In six seasons, I'm fuming. He was on course to play the most games he's played for PSG. Now he will come back and he will probably play, you know, another seven or eight games this season, but that's still not good enough. He's never played more than 22 league games for PSV, a PSG rather. That's a shambles. John O'Shea has been named a assistant coach with the Republic of Ireland. He has joined Stephen Kenny's backroom team. Uh, he's currently a first-team coach with Stoke City and recently completed his pro license coaching course. So congrats to John. And he's expected to combine his new duties with his role at Stoke. So delighted to have him on board, Stephen Kenny's Mean Green Machine is uh, I think on the up. I think we're on the up. I think we've got a lot of good young players that we can be quite excited by. Um, And I'll tell you one thing. When people want to complain about immigration, the Irish national team is going to be an example of why immigration is good. Uh, Gavin Basunu, uh, tremendous Young goalkeeper. Queven Callagher, obviously, a very good goalkeeper as well. And we've got Mark Travers. So happy with our goalkeeping options. Uh, Festi Obese- Ebiseli uh, as a right wing back, I think is going to be really good. I quite like the look of young Anselmo Garcia McNaughty. It's a tremendous name. Uh, I quite like the look of what I've seen of him. And I'm hopeful that he can develop. Um, Andrew Bamadeli, I'm a big fan of I think he's going to be a really good young defender <clears throat> 20 years of age already has good Premier League experience with Norwich I think he can potentially be uh, a starter in a back three to the right of Nathan Collins with Dara O'Shea to the left and I think that's a really strong back three with Festy as a right wing back left wing back I do quite like the look of uh, Teo Adaramola, who's currently at Crystal Palace. I think he's one that has um, has real potential. So that could be a, a back five in front of Basunu. In midfield, Connor Coventry, Will Smallbone, Joe Hodge, they all look fairly promising. Uh, Luca Connell looks promising. Gavin Kilkenny is decent. Connor Knowles quite like the look of him from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, but the one I really like, the, the two I really like, sorry, are, are Jason Malumbi and Jason Knight. I really like the look of both of them, especially Knight. I think he, I think he's got potential captain material. Um, who else is in there? that's decent. Josh Cullen. He's playing really, really well for Burnley this year. So quite quite excited about him. Uh, Andrew Moran, the young kid at Brighton, looks like he might be a, a definite mainstay. And then in attack, we've got decent enough options. Um, Michael Obafemi, now at Burnley, starting to, to show what he can do. Albena uh, from Rotherham looks a decent player. Callum Robinson, good championship player, might fall a little bit short of the required level. Evan Ferguson, I think, is going to be a star. and I, I think he potentially is going to be the best nine we've ever had. Um, I still have faith in Troy Parrott to come good, potentially more as a second striker than an out-and-out nine, but I still think there's something there with him. Sinclair Armstrong, he's one I like at QPR. And Dara Burns at MK Dons, I haven't seen much of. But we've got a bunch of young players as well that are like knocking around Italy and stuff. A couple of young centre-backs. Let's get the, the 19s team up here, see if we have... Yeah, James Abanqua. He's the captain of the 19s team. He's at Udinese. He looks like he might be a real player. Uh, Young Sam Curtis, he's one to keep an eye on. He is from the great town of Navan. Plays for St. Patrick's Athletic Athletic in the League of Ireland. At 17, he's first choice for them. So he is one, I think, with a big future. He'll get a move to England soon enough. He just needs to pick the right club. Uh, young John Clark, a left-back at Reading. Ken, Kevin Zeffi's one to keep an eye on. He's at Inter Milan. Rocco Vata at Celtic. Really talented. Glory. I, Z, Nzingo. I think it's nazingo He plays for Stad Reams, Stad Reams. He looks a player as well. So there's just. I, I don't know why I've gone on this tangent, but i'm this is the most excited I've been about the Irish national team in years in genuinely years and years I think there's so much talent there a bank was one to keep an eye on the kid at uh at yeah he's he's definitely one to keep an eye on right um Oh, I went in it because of John O'Shea. Well, thanks, John. Uh, we'll do the cost up and I'll be done for today. Uh, Chelsea's France midfielder N'Golo Kante is set to sign a new contract as he closes in on a return from injury. Maurizio Pochettino has turned down an initial approach from Chelsea to replace Graham Potter. Aston Villa are prepared to listen to offers for Emmy Martinez. That might not be a bad move. He's, he's a very good goalkeeper, and he is one of the better players. But if we look at timelines and the timeline of when they might become a viable Europa League contender, it's probably after Martinez has another two years and ages to a point where he doesn't hold the same value. I think best to sell him now. I think Spurs would take him. I think Chelsea would take him. I think he'll have interest. I think you can get good money for him, potentially £35 million, that kind of fee. Manchester United will not spend big in the summer transfer window, even if the Qatari takeover bid is successful. Interesting. Sheikh Jassim bin Hamad El Thani is confident his bid for United would not foul, fall foul of multi-club ownership rules. Um, I don't know how anybody knows what he's confident of but if he's breaking NDAs, he's probably going to get in trouble. Leicester are trying to persuade James Madison to sign a new deal, but will look to sell him in the summer if he does not. Man City, Newcastle and Tottenham are all interested. Victor Osimian has not ruled out leaving in the summer, saying it is for the club to decide his future, and the club will decide to keep him. Brighton manager Roberto De Zerbi is attracting admiring glances from some leading clubs in his native Italy and has also been linked with Tottenham. Um, that story also included the claim that he was frustrated he didn't get the backing he wanted in January. I, I don't know there's any truth to that. Uh, Crystal Palace winger Wilfred Zaha has turned down multiple offers to extend his contract and Al Nazir, the club of Cristiano... Are one of three Saudi Arabian clubs to have sounded him out. If he goes there, I'll be really disappointed in him. Really disappointed in him. The PR never stops. Al-Nazir nutritionist Jose Blesa says all the players are training harder and following stricter diets since Cristiano's arrival. Well, isn't he just a great influence on everybody? Manchester United are not expected to turn... Uh, Wootweghorst's loan move into a permanent switch will he ever going to? Arsenal are preparing a bid for Atalanta's 20-year-old Denmark forward Rasmus Rasmus Hojland. If you haven't seen him that kid looks like he might be he might be something. Unbelievable pace. He's huge as well. Leeds are preparing to move for Victor Gjorkes whose contract with Coventry runs out in the summer of 2024. That would be a good move. He is the type of striker they need. Someone big, strong, can play back to goal and can score goals for fun. Barcelona's 20-year-old Ford Ansu Fati says he wants to stay beyond his current contract, which runs till 2027. He wants to be a Barcelona lifer, and I think that's fair. Former Fulham and Bournemouth manager Scotty Two Coats Parker says he is sorry, it doesn't say it. Let me start again. Former Bo- Bo- <laughs> I'm so excited by this one. Former Fulham and Bournemouth manager Scotty, two Colts Parker, is facing calls to be sacked after just nine games because he's only won one of them. Oh, it would be beautiful to see him getting sacked again. I can't abide Scott Parker. Can't abide him at all. A dreadful manager. An absolute pillock as well. Right, that'll do, folks. I will see you all tomorrow. Tomorrow's will be a bit longer, but Liverpool just pissed me off rightly today. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.